0: lady ballers welcome back we're soccer props and it's game time lady ballers hi guys happy friday friday's the best (laughs) even when the real
1: world isn't functioning It still feels good that it's Friday, guys. We have a special guest today, Brittany Wilson. She played at uh, University of Denver. Now she's on Orlando Pride. She's a baller, and she's our first goalie on the podcast.
2: Can you believe that? I was thinking about that, and it's that's that's bad on our part, guys.
1: I know, Can but technically know? Alana's a goalie too, right?
0: Been on
2: here for a while. True, true.
1: Well, we hope you guys enjoy the episode, and guys, please before we forget. Make sure that you rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast. We love reading them. It helps us um, know what you guys like to hear and what you want to hear more of. Last week, we got this review. You guys are amazing and empowering, and I'm so glad to have found the podcast. It has so many truths and helpful tips, and it has made my soccer career that much easier. I love this podcast because it gives me ideas on how to get on my coach's good side as well keep me sane during quarantine. Love, Jocelyn. Jocelyn, thanks for leaving that. Uh, We love you too. Oh, and last thing, we actually came out with a sick co-branded t-shirt with Brittany Wilson. It says, keep calm and keep working on the um, front of the t-shirt, and it's a, a really cute white tee, so uh, check it out. Link is in the description of the podcast. Without further ado, we hope that you enjoy episode 68 with Brittany Wilson. Hello.
3: Hey, Brittany. Hi. Can you hear me?
1: Yes, yeah. we can hear okay, you.
3: good. But how's your, how are you guys' day?
1: It's good. You have a busy day.
3: <laughs> yeah, Thursdays are long because we have training and then we have meetings and gym. And then our gym sessions, we have to do three different sessions because they're trying to social distance people oh, out there. Oh, my goodness. So it's a longer day, but oh,
0: yeah. good. All right, so we wanted to start off by congratulating you, because we just saw, like, within the last 24 hours that you were resigned <laughs> for the 2021 season with the Orlando Pride. Yes, Woo! thank
3: you. <laughs> thank you. It's been quite a year, but I'm definitely excited to finally be officially a part of the Pride. I was going to
0: say, is that, like, a huge sign of relief for you, because you were – on it a short-term contract for the Challenge Cup. Mm-hmm. And everything with COVID ended up happening and the Pride didn't even get to play in it. So mm-hmm. they felt like a little robbed.
3: Yeah. Oh, it's been the craziest year ever. And obviously as a rookie coming in, I wasn't drafted. I was kind of an invitee. So just working the whole time, not signed. And then it was actually a crazy story I was signed for the tournament the day before we found out that we had to drop out so I got like oh, one day wow. to take a deep breath and be like oh, this is where I'm at at least for the challenge cup and then we had to drop out and all that craziness happened but now looking forward to the fall series um, signed officially with the team and just like it's now it's just refreshing to know that I'm gonna be here at least, you know, for the next couple months, um, through the next year and just be able to focus on me improving and getting better and then helping the team get better too.
0: Well, huge congratulations to you because that is like,
3: that's like a monumental next step for you. Thanks. Yeah, definitely. It definitely feels like it. I'm excited about it.
1: Do you find out right before they announced it or did you know ahead of time?
3: I knew ahead of time I've known for a couple of weeks now but yeah I'm glad it was announced yesterday so that I could talk about it today. yeah, <laughs> yeah. This worked,
1: I, you know we, it all works out
3: <laughs> Yes exactly.
1: So you're actually our first goalkeeper on the podcast
3: Ooh, yeah. I'm It's crazy <laughs> yeah.
1: How did you choose that position?
3: Well you know people ask this question I have so many different answers because I'm not completely sure. But I I just always kind of was the crazy kid who would love to dive after everything. Like the biggest memory I have of being a goalkeeper from a young age was just falling in love with just throwing my body in front of the ball. And nobody else my age wanted to do that, but I was like, why? It's so fun. So I fell in love with the position early, but I was also super tall. I look back at pictures and I'm towering over everybody. Now I'm 5'8, so pretty average ish. I'd like to be taller, but. Um, yeah, I think it was a combination of those two things and then falling in love with the position and just being encouraged, um, because I was, you know, kind of already crazy. And once you see success in that, you're kind of, you just keep going. So
0: um, goalkeepers are like their own breed of crazy. I feel like,
3: yes, we always talk about that Alana. Like
2: you guys are, you guys have some sort of like bravery that I could never have. Like, I'm afraid to even like do a header at this point because of concussion. And you guys are just yeah. like, without you, you guys, you know, getting yourselves in front of the ball and like, you know, doing that for us, we would be literally nowhere. So thank you for for <laughs> playing goalkeeper.
3: <laughs> yeah, totally. It's totally, I, I tell people, it's like a whole different game. You know, we have to be able to play with our feet to an extent. Um, But yeah, it just is completely different. Like today, for example, we were doing blocking, spreading saves. I took one just like from three yards away straight to the face, and I'm like, oh, I love it. See, if that
1: happened once to me, I'd be like, I'm done. I'm not doing this again. I know.
2: (laughs) I'm out.
3: Yeah. Yeah.
1: (laughs) Did you have to wear the helmet as a kid in goal? Because that was like one of the reasons I didn't want to do it, was that like squishy helmet and like was so tight on my head
2: no you guys had to wear that to
3: be a goalkeeper yeah in New York I guess it was like a rule at that point
2: so tight
3: like yeah no way child. that was never a thing like I knew people who wore it but it was because they had previous concussions but oh I would not have liked that either yeah. maybe it was a Long Island thing yeah
1: maybe <laughs> yeah. and that must be like so much more stressful for like your family and friends to watch the games
3: my mom always said the worst position on the field is not the goalkeeper. It's the goalkeeper's mom. Oh, that's <laughs> like, so true. Stress me out so bad.
1: That's so true. Aww. Yeah. Shout out to your mom.
3: I know, right? <laughs> so do you work like at the professional
2: level, you guys obviously work on your technical a lot, right? Like you're, yeah. you're really good with your feet as well, as well as your hands. So I just would love for you to talk about like that. Talk about that. Like, do you yeah. guys practice that every day?
3: Yeah, I think every day is a little bit different, but we have common themes. I think working in, you know, the older I got, feet became more important. I think it should have been important the whole time because goalkeepers, you know, and especially in the modern game, we play with our feet way more than we do our hands. And so usually we'll incorporate some type of technical work. Um, leading up, depending on how much time we have, we'll usually break off. Goalkeepers will be together for 30, 45 minutes, and then we'll break in with the team. And if we have enough time, we'll just do a lot of technical stuff, working with our feet, um, you know, being able to now play a higher line, depending on the type of formation we're playing, and clearing balls off, you know playing outside the box and all this stuff. And so a lot of different techniques and things that I've been working on. But I, I'd say the my best friend in college was this wall that we had. I would just go and <laughs> after practice, just kick the ball left, right foot, different types of distribution and stuff. So I think that helped a lot, although I never played in the field, which I think would have helped my feet. But yeah, I loved that wall.
0: <laughs> what, what was it like going – to the pride and training with Ashlyn and Aaron because those are two oh, yeah. badass goalkeepers that would have me a little intimidated personally to go and yeah. train with them but at the same time probably elevates your game to like such a high level to compete with each other so what was that like
3: yeah I mean it's every single day is great right now I'm just with Ash but Aaron her and Aaron are are very different people but at the same time like I learned so much from each of them in different ways and I felt the same way going in I'm like oh my gosh like I've been watching Ashlyn since I was a little kid um you know there's like an at least 12 year difference between me Ash and then Aaron's even a little bit older and so I just went in knowing that there's so much that I don't know but it's also like the best position to be in because I feel like as goalkeepers we develop later and I'm just trying to be like a sponge right now and suck in as much as I can and try not to get frustrated with like, Oh my gosh, these little tiny details that, you know, there's so many different things I need to work on, but instead look of, look at it as an opportunity to learn from them because, you know, just the way, for example, like the way me and Ashlyn were talking about it today in the locker room, the way she sees the game is just so much more complex and, you know, educated than me because she has 12 years on me. Right. And so even though, you know, I may be athletic and be able to get to balls as she is, she's just got that, that mental edge that I'm trying to learn and that I'm trying to understand from her. And there's so many little things that she sees, even that I do that I don't necessarily feel. So it helps me out so much, but it was overwhelming at first because I'm like, oh my gosh, like there's so much I have to learn. But just kind of taking it day by day, and they're super supportive too. So it, awesome. they're really great to work with.
0: That's so important that people realize that too. I feel like we feel like by the time we get to college, we're supposed to be like at a peak, at the certain peak, and like yeah. and we all play together, being the best versions of ourselves. But to realize that there's so much more to learn, like through the college years, yeah. and then professional is like yeah. awesome and important to remember and yeah. you know
2: incredible too Brittany like you have a growth mindset where you're willing to learn and continue to learn and better your game and I think that's yeah. so crucial and it's like something that every rookie going into middle school high school like college doesn't matter yeah. you know, professional like you should take a page out of your book because you're going to be just mm-hmm. you know you're going to be in Ashland's shoes like years down the line and you're going to be teaching players yeah. coming up you know onto the team and it's just like, it's just an awesome um, relationship too with your teammates. Like you're just loving each other and you're open to being to changing your game to get better. So I think that's awesome.
3: Yeah. I mean, like Alana said, I felt like at the beginning, I had to have it all figured out. I'm not shy about it, but I I went to see a sports psychologist in college and I was always just kind of like, we need to figure this out because I was having so much stress about I need to be perfect. I can't make mistakes. I can't do anything. I think the best part of coming into this environment is yeah, like the speed is so much higher you know, it's, it's so much more of a technical game, whatever it may be, but these people still make mistakes. Like these people, I still, mm-hmm. I looked up to my whole life who are professional players on the U S women's national team. Like they still mess up. And so I think that's another thing to think about is like, there's always something to work on and nobody's perfect. So it's really cool to just be in that now and kind of realize that day by day. That's awesome.
1: Yeah. And it's such an added stress. Like for us, we make a mistake on the fields. we it's okay. Like it's not, you know, but for you as a goalie, it adds even more stress because just every little mistake has so much more, you know, impact on the game. Totally. That's that's really awesome that in college you went and saw a sports psychologist. I feel like every player should do
0: that. Yeah. Like did that make a big difference for you?
3: Yeah, it did. I I didn't really know how much different things in my life were affecting me and then how to deal with different things on the field. You know, we'd like to, I always told my co- college coach, um, one of my assistant coaches was always um, harping on just working on your mentality and your mindset and just how you're interacting with your teammates off the field, on the field, rather than you know, how you're playing with your left or right foot or your specific distribution. And we always joked about it. It's like, I wish what I had to work on was like my left foot and I could go out and hit a hundred balls. It's much harder when you tell me something I have to work on is like something inside my head, you know, because it seems like it's, so much harder to develop but I think that's a huge key it's like we train for hours in the gym we train for hours on the field but like how often are we going and talking to somebody about strategies and and all this stuff um so I think it definitely helped and continues to help me as I go
2: yeah and just like voicing that you got help is so awesome because we're trying to show our our you know our audience here that it's okay to need help and to yeah. go get help. It's not something that you should be ashamed of. Everyone needs it. And in fact, you'll be better for it. So that's totally. freaking awesome.
0: Yeah, thanks. I wish I was agree. great for our team when we were in college. Yeah, yeah, I wish
2: too. Oh, I had a question for you. So I feel like when I was playing growing up and even in college, like I felt like if the goalkeeper was scored on, they always put so much pressure on themselves that it's like their fault. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, especially if you lose the game. So like, has, I'm sure you've gone through that many times. Like how have you overcome that feeling and, or how did you react to situations like that as a keeper?
3: I mean, it's such a stressful position when I was younger, I used to seriously like have crazy anxiety throw up before games just because like you mentioned before you're the last line and it's so obvious when you make a mistake and so there's even more pressure like you don't get many chances to mess up um So I think it's just, it was a process and it continues to be a process. You know, I'll have days where I just feel like my head isn't right, but I feel like the biggest part of that was just becoming more self-aware of instead of feeling that like feeling tense feeling before a game or after you get scored on and just like letting that consume you, I think the self-awareness piece of like, okay, that sucked um, or say it's before the game. Okay. I'm feeling this way, letting yourself feel that way, but then realizing what you can control. Like, so if I got a goal scored on me or if I was pissed off about a mistake I would make, it's like, okay, nothing I can do about it now. We'll watch film where we'll work on that later. But like, what can I work on now? Controlling the controllables, I think was a huge piece just for, you know, the mental side of the game for me. And, um, going forward, just trying to control those little, little things and kind of stay as calm as I possibly can, because especially as a goalkeeper, you have to be super quick and agile, but you also have to be so calm. And so it's a weird, it's a weird mix, but I think that's the thing that's helped me help me the most. I
1: like the controlling the controllables. Yeah. I feel like that's great for all the younger lady ballers, but also like, especially the goalies.
3: Yeah. Yeah. It's hard. It's easier said than done. I feel like sometimes because it's like, Oh, just control what you can control. But I feel like we're human and we want to just fix everything. And we care about what other people think. We care about what our, what our coaches think, which is fine. Like we want to do our best, but it's like, I'll have to, even in training, I'll have to think to myself, I'm like, okay, I feel anxious right now. I feel frustrated. I'm trying to perform for other people. I just need to stay in the moment, focus on the ball and the next play, you know, making the next pass, catching the next volley, whatever it may be. Um, But it's easier said than done for sure.
2: But I'm sure you like practice that over and over again. It's a mindset that you can practice. And it's certainly not easy, but it's so true. Like you can't control the weather can't control the mm-hmm. conditions on the field yeah uh, and you can't even control you know that you did a bad pass but you, what you can control is like how you're reacting to it and I think that's like yeah. a huge piece that I was missing as a player and I and I hope that lady ballers understand it how crucial that is yeah know,
3: think about this. oh it's the funniest uh story we did you guys ever play in man man U cup that might have been a west coast thing mm-hmm. was that like <laughs> yeah no it was like a port it was a tournament at Nike headquarters. I'm sure if some of your listeners went, but uh, I'm not sure if they do it anymore. But anyways, we were in, I think it was the championship and we got scored on the last few minutes. We got scored on header and there's this video in there. It was, we were playing Crossfire. I remember this vividly and their are like celebration video. You can see me in the back, like on the ground, like pounding the floor, <laughs> like so upset, crying and all this Aww. stuff. And that's just an example of like, I used to not have any control (laughs) because I've always been so passionate. And I think that's something that's helped me be who I am today and get where I am. But at the same time, it's something you need to learn over time of like, okay, we need to control our emotions, control how we're reacting to things. So I think, yeah, learning how to control our reactions is huge. Like you said, Carly, yeah, and just letting go of like the negative stuff
2: that comes in, right? Like you yeah. were saying, you felt it, you're like, damn, that sucked. Yeah. But like you kind of just let it go and you move forward. Yeah. And, um, you know, because it really can like, for some lady ballers and even me growing up, like I would hold on to it the whole game. If I got megged as a defender, my pride would be like down in the dumps like I wouldn't even want to like pick my head up and that's just like not that's just not healthy as a player like you can't yeah. put to that baggage so totally. much you know everyone makes mistakes like you said like all the professional players on the U.S. team like make mistakes but it's yeah. how they overcome it so that's exactly. awesome.
1: Exactly. Did you always know you wanted to play professional?
3: Not when I was a lot younger. I, I didn't even really know it was an option until I got a little bit older. And then my team was pretty successful. And so we started talking about going, people were going to college and playing in college. And then it was kind of like this progress, progression of seeing people doing it. And I think my first real time I realized that I could do this as a career when, is when um, the national team was in Denver playing um, one of their friendlies or something. And I saw Hope solo playing and she was always my idol growing up. Like I had this big poster of her behind my bed and all this stuff and so i finally met her and then actually seeing the team in person i was like oh my gosh i want to do this i never really thought it was possible but i just kept going in my career and then like the more success i found i was like oh like i always wanted to hit that next level wherever it was but i didn't think too big picture either you know i feel like there's something to be said about that it's like okay when i was in club i was focused about doing my best possible for my club team and then making it to college. And then college I was focused about, you know, doing my best in college and making it to the next level. So I had the goals and I've always been huge on writing down your goals. But I don't know. It's been just kind of a process of just trusting myself and trying to always go to that next level.
0: That's awesome. Hope Saul was the goat man. I know.
3: I miss her. <laughs> I know. Me too. I she was my girl. I remember She's, she
0: kind of scared me too, though.
3: <laughs> yeah, in a good way, though. Like, yeah. <laughs> right? I, I,
0: crazy <laughs> I remember watching her as a kid and being like, "I this human being literally does not does not ever miss a save. Like, I don't know if I have ever sat down and watched games where goals went in on her. It was just like, shut out after shut it's out. Enough. I know.
2: Yeah. She's it's great. It's cool that she
0: was such a good role model for you, too,
2: because like, you know, g- growing up for us, it like besides the 99ers, there really weren't any other players we really were looking up to. Like really? these, yeah. these kids now growing up have so many amazing players, like including you, Brittany, you yeah. look up to as role models and to do what you do. So like, it's just so exciting to see the, the times change and women's soccer continue to grow. I love it.
3: Yeah, me too. I mean, I, it's crazy because now I'm playing on my team and I'm playing with girls that I looked up to. So that's just like a Mm -hmm. testament to how much they've paved the way for all of us. You know, I'm playing with Marta and, you know, Sydney LaRue and all these players that I've looked up to since I was a little girl. And then they're still playing, they're still kicking butts. So they're doing great, yeah.
1: What would, what do you have any advice specific to goalies besides the controlling, the controllables? Is there anything specific to goalies that you would say?
3: Yeah. I think, I think it's probably just back to the mindset thing. I Mm -hmm. I swear 99% of our job is mental. Um, and I'm still trying to work on this too, but just trying to stay as calm as you can. And just like, I mean, this is, this goes for anybody in any position on the field, but just like, keep focusing on the small steps every single day. Like you're not going to wake up one morning and know how to do this save or know how to claim a cross at the next level or whatever it may be, but it's just these little tiny steps that you take and then they add up into to so much progress. Um, and I think as a goalkeeper, it's almost easier in a way to break those down. Cause we have specific, you know, specifics, we have crosses, shot stopping, one-on-ones, all this stuff. So if you can lay out, okay, what are my strengths? What are my weaknesses at this point? How can I continue to have these as my strengths and say, you know, I'm a great goalkeeper because of these, but also keep working on these weaknesses and just being all over consistent goalkeeper. Um, that's still what I'm trying to do. So
2: (laughs) sounds like you're super aware and you, you want players to be more aware about what they need to work on. And that's like, that's awesome and I know Alana I think one time you said you asked her uh, the kids that you train like what are your weaknesses or what are your strengths and it was very um
0: yeah. you gotta get people like, I don't know or they're like scared to say a strength or they don't know their own weakness. yeah because they're not yeah. thinking about it like they need to be yeah. like thinking about this stuff this is important
3: Yeah, and I honestly didn't. I wouldn't say I necessarily thought about it too much until college, and then they were pressing me with those questions. I was like, I need to be more self aware Mm -hmm. because how am I ever going to get better if I don't know what I want to work on? I'm just going to practice. Like, I think going through the motions is the most dangerous thing that you can do. I think if you approach every day, whether it's your warm up and your stretching. And, you know, there's so many people who will go through the motions in that and then and then it'll flow over into your training and then whatever. I think the most important thing is just like a focused intention every single day, because I feel like that helps you get better. And then as you were saying, Carly, too, just knowing those little things you need to work on, because how else are you going to improve? That was one of the biggest keys, I think, for me of actually being able to measure my progress as I went along, you know. That's such good advice. I feel like
0: it's so easy to go through the motions and then all this time passes and you're like, shit, you're like, what did I, <laughs> yeah. you know, where did I get? What did I get better at? And if you're going, if you really take advantage and make the most of every single day, then those little victories add up into big victories, which is
3: awesome. Yeah. I feel like these days too, uh, kids are almost coached to say like, what should I do extra? What extra stuff can I do? And sometimes like, obviously it's great to do stuff on your own. Like that's what I love to do all the time, but it's like, how, how are you in training when you're just doing your training sessions? Are you going through the motions or are you a hundred percent focused learning from that, working on that? Cause like, I think it's more about like your mindset approaching the training session than it is the number of hours you're training or what you're doing. Um, yeah.
1: I don't think I ever went through a practice going through the motions and then my coach being impressed by me.
3: Yeah, Like, I feel like you're
1: just, it's just mediocre, but like when you really do put the effort in, that's when you notice the difference.
3: Yeah, totally. I agree. And I think about it too, when I'm coaching kids, um, I got that a new perspective, right. When I'm doing one-on-one coaching, I'm sure that you guys have, it's like, if a kid is just trying their hardest and doing their very best and they mess up, like that's one thing. But if they're just going through the and it's mm-hmm. like, blah, then it's, you're getting frustrated. So I, I think about that myself too. I'm like, I always want to be that person who's just doing their very best. And if I mess up, I mess up, you know?
1: <laughs> yeah. So you coach too?
3: Yeah. I've been doing, I've been helping out at my club at home. Real. I I helped out with the goalkeepers from a young age. And then when I'm back in Denver, mostly I haven't been able to do it out in Florida because we're kind of in a bubble here. Mm -hmm. There's limited amount of people that we can see because of the pandemic, but I love doing the one-on-one stuff. I'm not as big on the team stuff, but I love working with somebody individually and just really getting to like, um, hone in on like all their little things that they need to work on. I love working individually with, Uh, goalkeepers.
0: That's awesome.
3: Mm -hmm.
0: Do you have uh, advice to your younger self that you try to make sure little ones learn when you're working with them?
3: I'd say just like take a deep breath. For me, I've just always been so uptight and thought every game was going to be make or break moment. I'd get so emotional about it, which again, I think is why I've been so passionate about it through the years, but just to take a deep breath and know that you're, you're, you're preparing yourself in training. If you're doing everything you can in training, let go and have fun with it too. You don't want to make this a job. I feel like as the sport gets more and more competitive, I hear things from kids where you can tell it's from their parents. of mm. like, I got to do this and this and this and this, and it's like, you got to still have fun with it because you're going to hate it. You know, I, I wouldn't do this job Um, if I didn't absolutely love it, you know, there's no reason to do this if this wasn't something I'm so passionate about. So to make it to that level, I feel like you have to have a, a true, true passion for it. So have fun with it as you you know, go along with it too. It's so true. And we're just about to put
2: out a blog on Friday um, from Seth Allen Taylor, this coach. And he said, if you fall out of love with soccer and you're, it's not fun anymore. You're no longer playing soccer. You're working soccer. And then it becomes like, it adds anxiety to your life because you're just trying to play to impress people, but like you're not doing it because you love it. So like just such another great reminder um, just to play because you love it and remember why you're there in the first place.
3: Yeah. Yeah. It's hard because some days will feel like work and now technically this is work for me, but I still try to keep it as light as I can. And you've definitely, like you said, you have to keep the passion for it for sure. Love that.
1: Yeah. So, now, and, and now you have a podcast too. Can you tell us about that?
3: Yeah. yeah I started that in college. Um, it just kind of came from me, you know, you have some off time in college and I've always been a bit entrepreneurial as you guys obviously are. Um, but I just have always wanted to create things and use my platform however I can. And I just realized when I was in college that there was a lot of things that I had gone through, whether it's in my childhood or things that I had dealt with that I hadn't necessarily told anybody about. And I started to realize everybody had their own stories and their own lives and some crazy things that had happened to them and is just, I wanted to create a platform to one, talk about that stuff that I went through and just be kind of an open book for anybody listening to know that, you know, I went through this. I had a friend the first day I released my story, text me and be like, I didn't know that, that you, you know, you went through that. My dad's going through the same thing, whatever it may be. So my goal through each podcast, and now I have, you know, some of the world's best athletes on there, Olympians, NFL players, whatever it may be. And they get on there and they talk about their stories. And it's this real, you know, how I was talking about earlier, you can tell that these people are human. Yeah. They're mm-hmm. Olympic gold medalists, but also they went through some crazy stuff and, you know, including like homelessness or mental health struggles or whatever it is. And so it's just really cool to hear these stories off the field, the whole, the it's called before the Life. So the whole idea of it is to talk about, all the things that led up to you before you stepped out on the field under the lights, you know, everybody sees us on the field playing our game, but what don't they see, you know, off that made you into the person that you are. Um, so that's the whole idea of it. And I've loved it. I've met some of my best friends on it and it's just been such a really cool experience.
0: That's awesome. Yeah.
3: Yeah. And now you're going to be on it.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I think it's really important that you're sharing those stories too. Cause you, like you said, you humanize these people who, People yeah. are perfect, and it's just like you no. Know, there's so much more to them, and you can learn from them and relate to them in so many different ways other than just the sport. Totally. Yeah. Where uh, Where else can our listeners fo- find you besides uh, Before the Lights podcast? Yeah,
3: so it's Before the Lights podcast is on wherever you can get your podcast. But I'm Brittany One Wilson, pretty much across all platforms: Instagram, TikToks, my new favorite. Um, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Brittany.
3: Yeah. Thank you. Thank you, Brent. I
2: hope your I know your advice will help so many uh, keepers and players mm-hmm. that are listening in. So thank you so much. Yes. And thank we can't wait so to
1: watch you this fall on Yay, the prod.
2: Me too. Yes. Thank you. <laughs>